What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George Mackay, back in studio, pre-recorded today, on location, at my home away from home, Battle Arts Academy, and I'm sitting down with somebody pretty special. I'm sitting down with the current reigning, defending Battle Arts Women's Champion. And if you guys have followed my socials, I've already tagged her in a few posts. I've seen her in a few matches. She's absolutely a fantastic up-and-coming talent. So there's no better time than just introduce first and last name. Please welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, Amy Crimson. What's up, my dear? What's up? Um, so this is my actually my first time being on Straight Talk Wrestling. Um, I heard a lot about it. I've seen some of my fellow students actually like be on here. It's actually an amazing opportunity. Um, I actually came from like a wrestling background. Like I love wrestling my whole life. So like this is actually like a dream. Like to be actually interviewed about wrestling. So cool. Wow, that's like a big build up on my end of things. I got to live up to this <laughs> reputation that apparently I've gained. So that's pretty cool. Well, I appreciate the the shout back. I love that. Um, so we're actually uh, this is gonna when this drops, it'll be about three or four weeks from the day that we record and sit down with this. But um, so we're in the midst of a couple of things. Uh, We'll probably get into those things if we need to within the world dynamic and stuff like that. But let's have some fun with the start of the interview. So one of my first questions I always ask is my standard go-to. It's I like to call it the defining moment. It's that moment when you remember falling in love with wrestling. Hmm. So that's a tough one because since I was like eight years old, I loved wrestling. I'm actually 21 right now, so I'm not so old. But I was eight years old. I think around maybe the same like age around your daughter was when I first started watching wrestling. Um, the defining moment was when I watched Eddie Guerrero um, defeat Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Um, I was watching it actually with my uncle and my dad and my brother at the time. And just the fact that he was just an underdog and he won and no one believed in him, that was the like moment where I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. And like even like Lita's like, moment when she won, that was like an underdog, like, underdog moment. And that was the time where I'm like, okay, this is what I really want to do. And that's when I was like, that's it. That's all I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, that's it. It's pretty cool when you're eight years old to know exactly what you want to do with the rest of your yeah. life. So you're eight years old. You have these defining moments. You fell in love with wrestling the way most of us do. The underdog story, the, the coming from behind, nobody believing him back against the wall. Yeah. I mean, you're talking Eddie Guerrero, five foot eight, five foot nine, maybe, yeah. against six foot three Brock Lesnar probably 100 pounds different in weight for sure yeah. and I mean one's a beast who now only works part-time and the other one is you know wrestling in the clouds mm -hmm. so it's a pretty remarkable memory and that's a great moment in time that's actually a great match it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because I actually was skimming through the network which is the only good thing about WWE these days <laughs> and I was uh, I actually landed on that Wrestlemania I landed on that or no sorry not Wrestlemania landed on that pay-per-view and watched that match I had completely forgotten about that I remember Eddie winning the title but I completely forgot about that match and going back, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, yeah, they did fight. And this is when Brock Lesnar actually had talent, and he did more than three moves. Very exciting time period in wrestling. Just, like, even the promo going into it, like, with the passion and everything, it's just, it made me realize that this is somebody who loves wrestling, who's actually passionate about it, who's not in it for the business, who's not in it for the money, it's not in it for the fame, he's just in it for wrestling and to entertain each and every one of them. And that's why I was, like, hooked on it, because that's all I ever wanted to do. Like, even when I was, like, a little kid with my brother, I would, like, wrestle on the, like, on, like, everything. Just wrestle, um, cross-body him off, like, my bed frame, like, We'd be on the porch when it's like, well, we live in Canada, so there's like snow banks. So we'd like um, cross body frog splash each other off like our porch into a snow bank. It was just, it was always the dream. So like, and even being like a girl and people wondering like, oh, why do you choose wrestling? Like you could do so many things. 
this is all I ever wanted to do. Like, people were like, oh, you could be, like, a model, you could be a dentist, you could be a nurse. But, like, people don't understand the love and passion that I have for wrestling. It's just, it's always been in my life, and I feel like it's always going to be a part of my life, no matter what. I, I think it's the people that don't understand it yeah. are the people that don't love the business like we do. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it just as much as you do. I've been a fan, and now I'm uh, delivering it to the second generation of my family, my 10-year-old and my 4-year-old. My four-year-old is a huge fan of Brock Lesnar. When he walks out, she just sits there and stops whatever she's doing and stares at the TV. She doesn't get the fine-tune of everything yet, but she will. But you mentioned, you know, the background, your, your love with your dad and your brother and stuff like that. So I want to be a fly on the wall for a conversation for a second. When you were a little bit older, because, I mean, when you're eight, jobs change all the time. Yeah. When I was eight, I wanted to be every character that the wrestlers were. So when Duke the Dunkster Drossy came out, I wanted to be a garbage man for a very long time. Uh, I also wanted to be a model like Rick Martel, but I don't have the uh, physical features of, say, uh, a Rick Martel. So when you were a little bit older and you still had that passion, you still wanted to go full force with this, when you sat down with Dad and you said, listen, this is what I'm really passionate about, this is what I want to do, what was, a fly, like, what was the reaction from Dad on that point? Um, so it was mostly just my mom and my dad at that point. They weren't really sure whether or not I was like, it was just a phase. Because when you're eight years old, you're like, I want to do wrestling. They're like, okay, it's a phase. You're going to grow out of it. You're going to realize, okay, maybe it's not what I want to do. But at the time, for women in the WWE, they weren't really, when I was growing up, they weren't really satisfied as, like, competitors. They were mostly as a sexual aspect. So going in there, my parents were like, okay, maybe this isn't the career choice for you. You're going to be used as a sex object, not really as what we want you to be. You know what I mean? We raised you to be um, bigger than what you are, not, like, be anyone's, like, saying or, like, to be basically known as, like, just, like, a sexual aspect or, like, looks or anything. But what happened was is that I did soccer my whole life. So I was always athletic, so that wasn't the issue. They thought I was going to do something more in that aspect. But when finally the women's revolution came, they were like, okay, and I told them, I sat them down. I graduated high school and, like, 2016 I was old enough to finally do wrestling school and I told him I'm like listen I could pay for college but college isn't what I want to do I want to do wrestling so I would rather put my passion my time into wrestling and going to a wrestling school and actually making it than to just waste my time in a college and maybe get picked for one job opportunity I don't want to live the rest of my life not knowing what I could have been so I wanted to know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then after I told them, like, specifically what I wanted to do, they more realized that it's like, okay, she's actually wanting to do this and she's going to go full force into it instead of just maybe she might be a year or two because I've been doing this for two years. So I started when I was 19. I'm 21 now, turning 22. So when they finally realized they're, like, my number one supporters, they come to every single show. Like, if it's out of town, they try to make it as much as possible. But they've been to every single show, and they support me. Like, we'll be in a local grocery store, and we're like, my daughter's a wrestler. She's actually the champion for battle arts. And, like, it's just amazing to have, like, parents that are so supportive because sometimes in this industry, you don't get parents that are supportive. They say, oh, you want to do this? Okay, well, you go do you, but we don't support you. So it's amazing to have, like, number one supporters like that. Absolutely. And you know what? Uh, being a battle arts champion, I was actually, I sat down with the tag team champions, uh, Joe and Mike, a couple weeks ago. Um, and they actually, it was Mike that touched on it the best. He said, being a battle arts champion isn't a joke. It's well known. You search up, I mean, there's only four titles here in the whole company. Yeah. You know, and that's a big deal. When you're, when you're donning gold, that's a big deal. And happy two-year anniversary to you. Also happy graduation from two years ago when <laughs> I graduated 14 years 
you're senior, so you're making me feel really, really old right now. I'm only turning 22, I'm turning 37. Right? It's a heartbreaking moment for me because I'm three years away from 40, okay? You still got your whole life in front of you, so there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what, that's great that you have the family support system, that's a huge part of it all, to actually have somebody have your back. And I've seen your dad at shows, I've seen your dad, he gets right in there, he gets involved with everything, and that's, that's the type of fan that you, you love to see. You see somebody, and you see, you see his passion through you and your passion through him. It's transcendent through the generations. So let's talk about the revolution for a second, because this is actually a very exciting time yeah. to get involved, and the fact that you use that to hook them in and say, listen, things are changing. We're not doing bra and panty matches. We're not doing swimsuit competitions. We're not wrestling around in mud or jello. We're actually going to go out there and change things and change people's minds. But you still have some fans that are very, very old school in their mentality, blinders on. You also have those sexist fans that don't believe women can do jack shit. I have two daughters, so as far as I'm concerned, women can be anything they want. And I find the women's matches a lot more entertaining because the women, they have so much more to prove still that I feel that they go out there with that extra chip still on their shoulder. Would you agree with me in that aspect? Honestly, I feel like um, we're women in a men's industry. We're always going to have that no matter how hard we bust our asses to work. Um, honestly, all I feel like is we don't have to prove anything for our success. It's already shown. We have women like Charlotte. We have women like Becky Lynch. We have women um, like Carmella, Naomi. All these women have fought through so much to build a platform for us. We have Trish Stratus, we have Lita. Honestly, these are all my inspirations to get to where I need to be, and I just want to be at the same level as them. Honestly, I feel like it doesn't matter what anyone says about the women, because on time and time again we prove, each and every single time we get on in that ring, it gets better and better and better, and that we don't need to have panty matches, we don't need to have um, jello matches to prove why we deserve to be in a wrestling ring. We deserve to be in a wrestling ring because we bust our ass, just like the men. Sometimes we even bust our ass even more than the men sometimes. You see sometimes um, girls are going through so much nowadays. Like um, They even did um, things where in um, Iran where these were the first women to actually wrestle in front of a crowd because we didn't have that before. We have so many things that are going on that are proving to all these sexist fans that you don't need to be a man in this industry. Like, I honestly, I hate wearing makeup when I wrestle because I don't want to show little girls, like your daughter or anyone, that you have to wear makeup to be beautiful. I feel like you should just be um, happy in your own skin, and that's what I want to do as a champion. That's what I want to do as a wrestler. I just want to promote just me, being me. Because the character that, it's not a character that I put out. The character is actually me. Like, who I wrestle as is me. So it's either you like me as me, and you take me as me, and that's all. And that's what I want to promote to little girls, that you don't have to be whatever the media tells you. You don't have to be skinny. You don't have to be thick. You don't have to be whatever they say. As long as you're beautiful as you, that's all that matters. You are a wise soul. You are definitely older than 22. <laughs> I have to say this. I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm thinking like, damn, this is somebody who's been through a lifetime of stuff. No, but everything you're saying is, is truthful. I respect it and I retain it. But you know what? A couple of times that I've seen you wrestle, uh, you are no joke. You handle your business in the ring. Um, and one of my favorite matches was actually the first time that I saw you, which I did not know you were going to be on the card. And I think you know what I'm talking about. It was Revolution. Revolution Women's Wrestling was their second event. I have been very passionate and affiliated with that brand from day one. And here you are stepping into a ring with Casey Spinelli, legend, indie legend, impact legend, legend, uh, Rebel, legend, Sienna. At the time, 
NWA Women's Champion. And then, again, no, no slouch on your own behalf. You rocking Battle Arts gold. You're the Battle Arts Women's Champion. But when you're sitting in there, 22, 21 turning 22 years of age, and you are looking at who you're in the ring with, the fan in you, the fan in you must have taken over a little bit. I mean, you want to handle your business, you want to be professional, but at the end of the day, we're all fans first. So talk me through that match, that moment, that day. Talk me through that day. Honestly, if we're going to be real here, I was honestly going to shit my pants. <laughs> like, I'm the youngest going in there, so like, okay, imagine you're 21 years old, and you're all, you're like, you go into the locker room, and you're put in this, mind you, this is my first main event. I've never main evented anything before. So this is actually, that was actually my first indie show. So I had a lot on my plate. So like, I was scared shitless. Like, I felt like, honestly, I was going to shit my pants. And the first thing I did was, my mistake, I didn't even introduce my wrestling name. I introduced by my real name. So that was a mistake off the bat, because then I was, like, freaking out, because I'm like, oh, no. I messed up because I didn't even say my wrestling name. I said my real name. So I was like, oh no, they're gonna forget my name. But like, the thing is, is that they were nice women. It was actually the greatest experience I had. Like now, like when I go into the ring, I, I'm actually more confident because like, I'm like, shit, I overcome something. I main evented with all these veterans that have made it like high compared to me. Like considered to them, I'm a nobody. And like, it was just an amazing opportunity. It was great. Um, they were so nice. They were so understanding. They worked with whatever they were given, and it was just amazing. And um, I think it was the greatest experience I've had out of wrestling, like one of them. So it was just... And now this is number two because you're sitting down with the host. Well, obviously. Um, but, like, <laughs> but as a young girl, like, it was just like taking... They took me under their wing. They gave me so much advice that I'm going to take on like, throughout my career. And it's just like it was such a memorable moment because I just took so many things from that match. Mind you, there were some things that I could have done better that I look back on, but mind you, in the position that I was given, at the age that I am, not a lot of people are giving that opportunity, so I tried to rise to the occasion as much as possible, and after that opportunity, it just it like made my career spike a little bit, where like people noticed who I was, which was amazing, because like this is all I ever wanted to do. Like Again, um, getting into the ring with like all these vets, it just, it brought me back to like my childhood where I'm like, oh my God, like maybe this could make it. Like this is make or break moment, so don't fuck it up. <laughs> and that's how I did it. And I tried to be as serious as possible, but yeah, the little fan in me was like, yeah, I'm invented. Yeah, this is sick. <laughs> the fan in me was very excited yeah. for you. Like both of us, because when I, like as I know the promoter Chris very well, yeah. and I found out about the last minute change before yeah. anybody else, because I have connections. And he told me, he's like, you know, we got the Battle Arts champion. At the time, I had not been to a Battle Arts show. I had tapped into the roster a little bit, but I hadn't been there. And at no fault of any zone, it's just scheduling conflicts. There are just so many great events. It's really hard to pick and choose yeah. where you want to plant your flag on any given day. You sit there and go, well, I got this and I got that. And it was hard. But now I decided after seeing that match, credit to you. You were the one that made me sit there and say, you know what? I got to step in. I got to see what Santino Morello is doing. I always rep Battle Arts as often as I can. I'm always like, yo, I'm always here at Battle Arts. I'm always talking about the great students in the facility. But seeing you that night, you made me want to check out the pro platform. You made me want to come and see the house shows, the rising star shows, so I can see the future. Because the future is very bright. And speaking of the future very bright, because we're segueing so beautifully through this interview, is um, this day and age right now in wrestling, it's an exciting time. 
It's an exciting time, minus all the negativity that's going on in the world right now, which we'll get into that for a little bit because I want to get your thoughts on that. But it's an exciting time because you've got AEW. Yeah. You've got Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. You've got Impact. You've got New Japan. You've got all these fantastic indie promotions as well doing their thing, kicking asses. I mean, to be a wrestling fan and to be a wrestler in this day and age right now, it's amazing. It's a steady stream of work yeah. with also a steady dream, a steady stream sorry, of platforms that you can eventually get to. And streaming services and stuff like that have made it very easy. Even for dark matches now, you can go on a streaming service and you can watch the dark matches. So even if you're not seen, you're still seen. So in terms of that, especially in the and now we're not we're way past the revolution, we're way past the evolution. This is really the only sport, and I've interviewed a lot of great female talent where they have all said the only sport where a woman can make just as much as a man. You can be paid equally as well for putting your time in. It's not like the WNBA. It's not like women's baseball. It's not like women's you know soccer. You actually have a chance to make a decent living here and support yourself and your eventual family down the line. But in terms of all this great percolation that's out there, I mean, to be only 22 years of age, yes. you haven't reached your potential or your peak. That's light years away. Yeah. With all these great opportunities that are staring you in the front and knowing how hard you have to work and already seeing your work ethic. Like I said, you're an old soul, wise beyond your years. What, what is it? I mean, obviously, being with Santino, having Santino as your coach, the connection to WWE is there. But if we can speak freely for a second, not to insult the WWE product, compared to what everybody else is doing, the WWE product, just basically, in my opinion, of being a fan for as long as I have been, it's still in that PG era. And we're past that, because you got to remember, the fans that were fans in Attitude, like myself, obviously the PG era was good when I had children. Mm-hmm. But now, those children are growing up. My, my six-year-old, when she was into the PG era, was fine, but now she's 10. She's double digits. She's going to want something a little bit more edgy. I'm not saying go back to the Attitude Era, but we want something like AEW. We want something where it's a little bit stronger. Would you agree with that, or would you say the WWE product is still something that you yourself as a fan, when you get your downtime, you enjoy that product? Honestly, I feel like it doesn't matter if it's PG or it doesn't matter about the rating. Like, honestly, I just love wrestling for wrestling. Just alongside, like, I've always loved wrestling. And wrestling's always going to be in my life, regardless of if it's PG or not, depending on if I grow out of it or not. It's just something that I had as, like, basically something I had in my pocket. So, like, when I was growing up, like, I wasn't always the thinnest. I was always the fat kid that everyone made fun of. And when I said, oh, I want to be a professional wrestler, they're like, you need to be an athlete for that. You can't be fat. So it's, like, it's something that always made me feel comfortable. It's always something that I went back to. No matter what was going on in my life, no matter how much I had to go through when people told me, oh, you can't make it, or whatever, or you're not going to be able to do this, it was always something I could go home, turn on my TV, and be like, WWE, and it would be something that makes me happy. So always, it's always a comfort zone for me. So whenever I'm feeling down or sad, or I feel like maybe I'm not working hard enough, or maybe I'm just not the best ability I could be, I always go back to watching wrestling. It doesn't matter what the product is. It doesn't matter what it is. I always just tune in and I watch it. So basically I use it as reference. I use it for knowledge. I always watch it to basically better myself. So it doesn't matter what kind of product it is. I'm always watching it to basically gain more knowledge so I can be the best I could be. Again, an answer of a wise soul. Are you sure you're not 80? Are you sure you're... I'm going to have to check your driver's license when we get off the air. I, I, I don't know if it's 22. She looks 22, but I don't know. Just this is a, definitely a very, very mature woman in front of me. And it's, it's great to have the conversation with you about that. But let's talk about something a little bit more serious for a second. 
We have this pandemic going on in the world. And like I said, this, this episode will drop a month from now. So who knows where we'll be in that time. But right now, as it stands, the world is changing. Uh, NHL earlier this week, they announced, done, season over. NBA was the day before them announced, season over. Then you've got WWE, uh, yesterday, in fact, they had a empty arena performance center uh, show. A couple days before that, NXT was the same thing. Now, um, uh, AEW is suspended touring all around the states, and they're just staying in Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know if it's going to be house shows or if it's going to be empty arenas. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. you got Ring of Honor canceling things in Vegas. You've got indie shows canceling stuff down or canceling tickets. Like, if you already bought a ticket, and then a capacity, because we, we, what we're hearing is capacity could be 200 or less. Yeah. Anything over 200, it tends to be a risk. Where they came up with that number, I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not the National Health Organization, so I'm not sure, or the CDC. I'm not sure how it's going. One thing the media is telling us is that there's 150,000-plus cases in the world. Canada just hit over 200. Ontario itself, where we are, is over 100 now on its own. What they're not telling you is that 80,000 cases of these 150 cases have already been cured. That's a number they're leaving out. Why? Because that doesn't make news. You want to make people scared. You mentioned shitting your pants earlier. It's a good thing that was a month ago because if it was now, you wouldn't be able to find toilet paper anywhere yeah. in the world. So with all this stuff going on, and you just mentioned to me before we went on the air, you had a lot of indie bookings coming up. Now they've been canceled. Well, I don't know if they're canceled. Well, you don't know if they're canceled. Sorry. But you mentioned that with the way things are happening, there's a good chance that some of these bookings may be pushed aside or rescheduled. As somebody who uses this as a primary source of income right now, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on in the world? Well, honestly, right now, I work two jobs. <laughs> so I actually work at Battle Arts Academy and Harvey's. Plug for Harvey's. Oh, the original bacon cheeseburger is the shit. So elbow to elbow. We're doing the elbow to elbow right now. We'll do the foot to foot after we get off the air. But um, So, like, my thing is that it's there's always a pandemic every, like, 20 years. There's always something that's going to basically kill us all. Um, the thing is, is that you can't be scared. You have to basically do the regular. Like before the pandemic, we all should have been washing our hands and we all should have been hygienic regardless. We shouldn't have just been hygienic now because we don't want to catch uh, disease. Honestly, it's a serious matter and there's no joking. I know there's memes on Facebook and everything that lightens the mood, but at the same time, it's always a serious thing because we don't know. It's affecting um, it could affect our grandparents, it can affect all the older people that are close to us in life, and all the people that do have heart problems, have asthma and everything. So it's not, you can't make a light of it. And I know sometimes people joke about things, and there's always jokes about um, how, why, like, all these things happen and everything. And there's conspiracy theories um, about it, why there's the COVID virus, why there's not the COVID virus, that there's population control. Honestly, all you have to do is wash your hands, be as hygienic as possible, just be smart with your options. If you know that you're sick, stay home. Honestly, if you know you're gonna be in a public area, there's always a risk. I'm going to work, I'm here right now, there's a risk right now. I walk outside my door, it's in the air, I'm gonna get, like, there's always a risk. So it's like, you just have to not live in fear. You have to basically live your daily life, but be cautious with it. And that's, that's the best way I think you can look at any kind of these situations. And uh, you know what, you're right. We should have been, if you weren't being hygienic before this, then you were just being an idiot. Uh, because at the end of the day, it is cold and flu season. Stuff like that happens all the time. The way I look at this and the way I'm talking it up to my kids, because my kids are asking questions. They see that they're not stupid. They're not blind. Children are smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. Uh, I just tell them it's a very hyperactive flu, which it really essentially is. It affects your, your breathing, and fever, all that kind of stuff. It starts off as a cold and it goes into something progressively worse. So anybody out there, I strongly urge, if you haven't got yourself tested but you think there may be something wrong, go get yourself tested, do the self-isolation, 
And for God's sakes, Cascade was on the news yesterday. They're not running out of toilet paper. They are producing mass amounts of more. So why the toilet paper thing happened, I don't understand. I mean, I would re- when I go to the grocery store, I go to the grocery store for food first. I mean, at the end of the day, you got a shower. You can handle your business any way you choose to. <laughs> but I, where the toilet paper thing came from, what I honestly think, I look at it this way. Somebody was in the store, probably owned a restaurant, was buying a couple packs of toilet paper when all this thing was going on. Everybody saw that person buying that and was like, you know what? He's got eight packs. I got to get eight packs. And then, and then the next thing you know, boom, toilet paper shortage. Honestly, I feel like it's just social media. Just like everything goes back to social media. Like the, like the government said that we're at risk, but we're not fully at risk. It didn't like Justin Trudeau's like as calm as can be. He even talked to us about it, everything. So it's like people like going to stores, like actually I have a true story. I actually went yesterday with my mom and dad to the grocery store and we actually had to wait in line just to enter the grocery store. And when I went there, there was no toilet paper, no bleach, no nothing. And it just, it makes you realize that it's like you take the little things for granted because everyone's getting so cautious and scared. Yet a month ago, barely anyone was buying all these products. And you have to think about the old people. Like, why are you overbuying when there's older people that need these things because they're more at risk than you? It's, it all talks about greed. Like, with my spirituality, I'm Christian. So it's like, in the Bible, it basically tells you, do not go or overspend or basically buy too many things because of greed. And the thing is, is that when a pandemic or a huge crisis comes, people forget about the little things. People forget about all the things that we're taught growing up. And the thing is, is that it becomes a very selfish motive instead of thinking about others. So it's like, you have to think about it. Am I, do I really need 16 packs of toilet paper or does the people who are at risk need it more than I do? That's the thing. Or maybe just buy one pack or two yeah. like you normally would on a given day because you might want to stock up because there's a sale. I do it. If I see toilet paper price, hey, I'll buy two packs. But at the end of the day, there's no need for you to get 16 or 18. And there's also no need to price gouge the public anyways. I mean, toilet paper usually is 5 to $6. Why it was $23.99 at Walmart yesterday. Oh, I know why. Walmart's not stupid. So it's, it's sad. One thing that a pandemic does do, it's a sad thing to say that it does do, but it does help stimulate the economy just a wee bit. So beyond all that, let's get back into wrestling for a second because we're past all that, the pandemic stuff. It is what it is. Let's get back to something great and special that you guys are doing tonight. Amidst all this, with everything happening, Battle Arts has decided to move forward with the Rising Stars show tonight. And I think that's great. I think it's a welcome distraction. It's a chance to get out because you know what? Hey, we were at home today, we were having a blast. I watched about four movies. We watched Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn, fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Really hilarious in all the right areas. Very badass, very badass. Uh, as a dad, it was proud to watch, you know, show my kid what four women with baseball bats and chains could do. Very good film. Then we watched Star Wars, again, another very powerful female character. Watched a lot of powerful female characters today. And then now I'm sitting down with a powerful female champion. So all in all, it was a day filled with powerful females. I think it's been a good day so far. But what you guys are doing right now, going forward with the show, I think that shows class and strength amongst you guys. It shows unity in your locker room. It shows that you're all, you know, you're willing to stand and say, listen, we still want to put on a show. Even if it's to make people forget about something for two hours, that's something special. Because with everything that's happening right now, to go, that's what sports really is. It's an escape. It's, an, it's a chance to go to a show and just watch 
art form because that's what it is. Wrestling is an art form. Anybody that doesn't know that can kiss my ass. I've said it from day episode one. Now we're going to be at episode when this drops in the 30s. I've said it from day one. It's an art form. Anybody that doesn't believe that, kiss my ass. So in terms of that, moving forward with from your coach down saying, listen, we're going to plug through. We're going to go ahead and put this show on. What kind of morale is your locker room having? I just feel like we're just being more cautious about it. Like, if you don't feel good, stay home. The thing is, is that we just want to promote happiness at this time. We just want to get people out of their houses and be like, listen, you don't have to be scared. We're just all here. We all support it. We all know that it's like a huge issue. We're not going to let us stop from doing things that we love. We love this. This is our passion. We want to put on a great show. We want to show them that this is what we do. This is what we are. We're for real. And we're a team and we're a family. And that's all that matters. Because family comes with unity. And when we're all a unit together, we're all just a big, happy family. And that's all that matters. So one thing that I I love about the indies, and it's very hard to do, like on a weekly episodic show, you can develop your storylines. In the indies, it's a challenge. But one thing that Battle Arts does very, very well is develop rivalries, develop storylines. One of my favorite storylines going on the Indies right now is a lot of unfinished business between you, Bianca Corelli. It's a story that I've watched develop pretty much from inception. She doesn't believe you are the champion that you deserve. You don't deserve the title. And you guys have developed this story so well. Now tonight, you're not taking on Bianca. You're facing another opponent. But Bianca's in the building. Bianca's here. And it's, it's great to see a storyline develop like this. It's a slow burner, and I think it's going to end very, very well. It, it's, it's reached its peak. It's, it's doing all the right things. What are your thoughts about that, about being able to develop a storyline in the indies, which is something that's very hard to do? Honestly, I feel like it depends. Like, honestly, me and Bianca, we used to be best friends. We, we actually, like last year, went to Wonderland. So it's, like, it's very sad to see like, when you have a title how much like everything could change. Um, with this title, I've seen my real friends and I've seen my fake friends and I've seen the fake people that's been around. Honestly, the best thing is that all I know is that I don't need to cheat to win. She's hit me so many times with these things and it's just like, it kind of hurts because I thought we were better than that. I thought this was, I thought the championship was gonna like mend all these women together to make a great, unit to make a great division but the thing is is that business is business and I understand that and we can't have all friends in this business and I know that we're gonna have to fight each other eventually but what she has done isn't the greatest and it's not the best way and honestly what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna prove to each and every one of these people why I deserve to be the women's champion why I'm battle arts women's champion and why I've been to where I've been because I didn't give any opportunities. I didn't get any opportunities given to me. I've proven for the past two years why, since I was a nobody to where I am now, nobody knew who I was. I had to prove each and every single time I got into that ring. I had to lose the weight. I had to bust my ass every single time to prove why I'm even a speck on this women's division. So for someone to think that I don't even deserve the opportunities that I'm given, that kind of hurts, especially coming from a former best friend that I considered a friend. Wow, that was, uh, that was intense. So if I could get into the booking mindset for a second, would you be open to ending this in a place where she can't possibly run away? And I think you know where I'm going with this. I mean, locking it down in a steel cage, possibly your first steel cage match ever, because this is, this is a grudge match that's not ending anytime soon. She's been very vocal about how much she wants that strap, how much she thinks she deserves it more than you do. 
So, I mean, and every time she's done something uh, underhanded, it's been right, and then she runs. She's gone. So you don't get a chance to really get your hands on her. So if we were to lock this down in a steel cage, would that be something that if it could be done and done right, that you would be open to? Because that's, I think that's the only way it's going to end. Honestly, I feel like if we have issues, we have issues. It's not going to matter where we are, what aspect we are. Um, the thing is, is that it depends um, if she's even willing to do it. Um, I'm down for anything. Like, she's done so much to me that at this point, it's so personal that it doesn't matter where it is. I'm going to finish it, I'm going to get it done, and I'm going to show her why I'm the Battle Arts Women's Champion. I like it. Two more questions, I think we'll wrap it up, because I know you got to get ready for tonight's show. Um, everybody's got a dream match. Everybody's got that one star they would love to get their hands on. Could be someone no longer here, like, you know, they've gone up above. Could be somebody that is retired. Could be somebody up and coming in the Indies. Could be somebody even on a main roster in any of the platforms that we discussed earlier on in the show. What is Amy Crimson's dream match? Hmm. See, now that's a tough one. Because that's what I do here, though, Amy. I ask the tough questions, okay? <laughs> I don't hold back any... I ask the tough questions. See, now that's a really tough one because, like, I love wrestling. So, but if I were to choose one, I would want to face Becky Lynch for her Raw women's title. Becky Lynch the man, Becky Lynch, or Becky Lynch, you know, uh, Sky Punk, whatever they used to call her before. Was, was her gimmick, was the sky punk thing that she was doing when... Steampunk, steampunk. No, I'm talking about the man, because I'm real. I'm the real deal. I'm Amy Crimson. I don't... No, the man. I want to face the man, because my goal is to get signed within... I don't care. My goal is to get at least signed within five years. If I'm not signed within any company, then I know I ain't doing anything that I'm supposed to be doing. All right, so then I'm going to lay the gauntlet down now. When you're signed in five years before you hit the mainstream... You're going to come back on Straight Talk, and we're going to do this all again. We'll do this all again anytime you want, because now you are officially a member of the Straight Talk family. And that means that the doors are always open to you. So anytime you're bored on a Saturday night and you don't have anything going on, there's no bookings, maybe you're just relaxing, maybe you took that weekend off, and you're like, I want to talk wrestling. I'm going to call up George. You now have my number. We have contact. So anytime you want to come back on the show, I'd absolutely love to have you. Amazing. Like The thing is, is I'm great, and I'm honestly so appreciative of these opportunities, um, because the thing is, is that... You have to take any little like opportunity that you have, you have to take it, grasp it. And honestly, I'm willing to do anything I can to get to my dream. Um, there's times where you think and you grasp and you realize, maybe my dream's not gonna be reality, but the more you work hard, the more you work at it, it's always gonna be something. And the only time you don't think it's a dream or you don't think that it's gonna be a reality is if you let yourself get that. And for this past two years, it's been amazing. I've never thought I would even reach this opportunity that I'm getting right now. Like, I've never thought that for the past two years, how hard my hard work would actually pay off and that I would be in the position that I am. Obviously, this isn't the end goal that I want to be. Obviously, I want to strive for bigger and better things. But for now, I'm going to get my opportunities. I'm going to make the, the best of them and the most of them. And I'm going to use them to the best of my advantage. And one day, you're going to look at this podcast and you're going to be like Amy Crimson. Now, she was a a fighter, a striver, a competitor, a fighter, and she really knew how business was done and how she wanted to make it. I think that's true. Like I said, I've said it three times over in this thing. You're, you're definitely wise above your ears. Your age does not reflect your wisdom. And my final question was really what would you tell any, any young, young and upcoming talent, like any person that's listening to this podcast that wants to get in this business. I mean, you're only two years in. You're still working your way up. But any piece of advice that you could pass on to them 
that they, if they ever came up to you and said, hey, listen, you know, what, what, would you, what advice would you give me? Anything you want to pass on to them? Honestly, I feel like um, sky's the limit at this point. This industry changes and everything happens for like a reason. If you feel like this is what you want, this is your passion, what you're meant to be, don't let anyone stop you from believing who what you're meant to be. Listen, since I was here two years ago, and I was okay athletic, but I wasn't as athletic. As long as you're willing to make the sacrifices, as long as you're willing to basically work harder than everyone else, you're going to make your dream a reality. It's just, it takes hard work and dedication. And if you have all those things and you have a fire that's deep inside of you and you just want to make it and you want to become something, I would say, do it. Don't let anyone stop you from doing it. Don't let yourself stop you from doing it. If you have a passion, just go and live out the dream because it's better living out the dream than say 10 years from now or when I turn 40 and I lived my life. Was I really meant to be a wrestler or did I just pass it? Because I don't want to live my life or you don't want to live your life living always regretting what you could have done. I would rather live my life, try it out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But at least I know I did it. That's all. Fantastic. Well, this interview has been, like I said, it's been an absolutely epic conversation. Thank you for joining me today. And like I did say, you are officially now a member of the Straight Talk family. Anytime you want to come back, you can. That's it for your host, your boy today, guys. Don't forget to tune in next week on all the socials. You can find out what next week's episode is, unless Amy, Amy thinks I should give him a hint. Should I give him a hint? For next week's episode, should I let them know who next week's guest might be? Um, honestly, I don't even know who the next guest is, but... Do you want to know? Well, yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to tell you. You have to follow the socials just like they have to follow the socials. As always, guys, I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.